1: To the mini break, your day podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world today is Tuesday, July 11th. It's not every day that the top seed at a major is knocked out, but folks, that's exactly what we got on Tuesday at Wimbledon as top seed Iga Swiatek knocked out in dramatic three-set fashion by Alina Svitolina, of course, that match is going to be our headline here on today's show. But more broadly, we want to run you through the rest of what was an exciting quarterfinal Tuesday at the 2023 Wimbledon. You had multiple three-set matches on the women's side, not just the Svitolina-Sviantech thriller. You had Von Pagula going the distance with Von ultimately advancing to her first Wimbledon semifinal. Of course, if those matches weren't enough, I thought we had some pretty exciting men's matches as well, whether it be Yannick Sinner or Novak Djokovic advancing in four sets. Plenty of things for us to discuss on today's show. And if we're going to try and tackle four matches, if we're going to try and set the stage for the remainder of this year's third major, you know... I like to have some help along the way and thankfully joining me to break down all of Tuesday's action for the second consecutive day is a man who maybe you now all understand why I call a co-host of this mini break podcast the editorial producer for all things tennis.com and tennis channel and our dearest friend it's David Kane. David, welcome back to the show. It's been a 420 a full, excuse me, 24 hours since I've seen you last. What'd you think of the tennis? We just saw unfold
0: pretty good, right? <laughs> it was pretty good. It was, uh, especially on the women's side, much more dramatic and rollercoastery than I expected, particularly between uh, Svantec and Svitolina. I mean, arguably the match of the tournament in terms of quality. I mean, I think there's still opportunities from the bottom half. We have Rabakina Jabbour tomorrow, Key Sevalinka as well. But I think just from a pure narrative A narrative, technical, tactical index. I think it was really, we couldn't have asked for much more. And that's coming off of uh, Svitolina Azarenka, which was similarly uh, theatrical, but obviously bigger stages, bigger stakes, world number one involved. So you have to give kudos to that. And then the way it finished the day with Novak Djokovic outlasting Andrei Rublev, uh, Probably an expected result, but maybe a bit more of a circuitous route for him and maybe raises one or two questions on how he, where he is at this point in the tournament, but overall really impressed and excited to uh, be at the latter stages of the tournament with some really exciting matches.
1: No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It just felt like you didn't have a brain fart from any of the players on court today. Now we'll get into the Iga Swiatek forehand spraying and the nature of her performance today, the pros, the cons, where she come uh where she goes from here coming out of this Wimbledon, but I think it's it's fair to say. I I don't think it's an—I should say, I I don't think it's a biased or unfair assessment. Svitolina just straight up beat her today. That was the quality we saw from the 28-year-old. Similarly, I thought Marketa Vondrosova down, what, 4-1? In that third set, she didn't fold. It's not, and it's not as though Pagula started handing her a wave of unforced errors. No, you saw the entire you know, toolbox, the entire kit of tools, I should say, come out for Von Druseva in working her way back in that third set. And then, you know, similarly, God, I don't know if anyone has impressed me more from an eye test perspective than the best of Yannick Sinner on this surface. And I think start to finish, no one manages a match. At a Grand Slam better than Novak Djokovic in all of tennis, which is its own impressive feat. But there's something to just the ball bashing of Yannick Sinner on this surface in particular. How quick the racket speed flies through the air for him, forehand, backhand, wing. How well he just captures the ball with his hands and explodes through it. I just feel like all four players played Grand Slam semifinal worthy tennis if that makes sense. And it's not a fluke run for any of these players. You know, Svitolina's beaten four Grand Slam champs, or maybe it's Vondrusova who's done that. I forget which one has actually done those things, but Vondrusova's beaten a bunch of seeds on her way to the semifinals. I'll double check the stats in a second. It just feels like with the first half of the semifinal set, Vondrusova, Svitolina, Sinner Djokovic, I think thirty thousand foot view, DK. What has me so excited is I just really like those matchups. Like it just feels deserving, given what we've seen over the last couple of months.
0: It's it's impressive on a three hundred sixty degree yeah. level, I think, because it's not only we not only got to enjoy the matches that were, we're getting to be excited for the matches to come as yes, well. It's not just exactly. oh this was a great match, but you know it's the draw somehow shook up or sacrificed. But I mean, you know, obviously Svitolina did what she did. Beating Azarenka and Svantek back to back, um, Von Trusva made it through. You know, beat everyone's like underdog picks to make it deep to the semis. Beat <laughs> Buskova, Vekic, Kudermetova, and then to finally beat Pagula, and then obviously what Djokovic and sinner were able to do to set up that rematch of last year, which I think everyone's excited about to see the improvements that Yannick Sinner has made put to the ultimate test. Um, it's it's an ex- it's going to be an exciting semifinal slate as a result of what what was a very entertaining quarterfinal.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, again, up and down the board, a lot of fun matches. And for Von Drusva, that's what it is. It's the third player in the open air, shout out to Opteis, to reach the women's singles semifinal after defeating four seeded opponents. That's what it was for her. I mean, again, there are countless other stats like that you can turn to. It was Fidelina, the third player in the open air, to defeat four former women's singles Grand Slam champions in a single major. She joins Serena, Justine Ennin on that list. I don't remember the last time Novak Djokovic lost a match that mattered. Uh, You know, Yannick Sinner, again, I think this is his eighth, fourth round or further at a major in his last 10 majors played. And let's keep in mind, this is a kid who's still 21 years old. A lot of good tennis, a lot of fun results. You're right, not just to recap, but to project towards moving forward. And as always, that's what we like to do. Here on this podcast, we want to catch you up on everything that's happened over the last 24 hours at Wimbledon. I promised David Kane this show was going to be 30 minutes
0: or less. It's already broken that promise, ladies no, and gentlemen. I can put the. <laughs> Put the X on the or less. I, was, I, don't, I don't care what the either. final timestamp is. Let, let it be known.
1: What if the Is the first number a three? Is that a win? So I have plus or minus 10 minutes <laughs>
0: to work with. We got to give you some, some margin of error. We're going to give you some spin on that one. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's a three out of five set match. I get one set or 10 minutes to play with here on this podcast. But again, what we want to do is set the scene. Here's everything that happened on Tuesday. Here's what you can look forward to on Wednesday. Of course, the reason we're able to do that day in, day out is because of the support we get from all of you listeners and, of course, because of the support we get from our dear friends at Tennis Point. You name it, rackets, clothing, shoes, non-tennis racket sport, equipment, They've got it all on their website. You can find it at tennis-point.com. Use our promo code CR15. Not only will you let them know we sent you there, you'll get 15% off all sale items, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, tennis-point symbol, not the spelling, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. All right, DK, let's talk about the biggest result of the day. Anytime a top seed goes down, that captures the attention of the entire, not just tennis world, but dare I say, sporting world as well. And on yesterday's show, you and I discussed why and the mechanics of Elena Svitolina, uh, you know, we discussed the mechanics, excuse me, of Svitolina's comeback run, and we discussed why we each think it's the biggest story we have right now in all of tennis well if you didn't believe us before this is the exclamation point this is the feather in the cap all of the expressions that signify the significance of a run like this
0: we didn't even believe us we picked Iga to win yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is very true and this comes as a great
1: shock to us as well (laughs) well let the record show we went three and one on the day we both had over pagula this is the one we got wrong and look for Alina svitolina To win a 7-5, 6-7, 6-2 match over Sviantec. Even on its own in a bubble. Just that scoreline impressive enough. But to be trailing in my opinion as thoroughly as she was. Through those first 30 minutes where it felt like oh this is cute. And it's a physical match. But Iga is dominating these backhand to backhand exchanges. Neither of them are doing much with the second serve. And if this becomes baseline tennis... You just don't pick against Iga Swiatek in a baseline tennis match in the 2020s. That said, for Svitolina to flip that first set, for Svitolina to come out after—, after I thought Svitolina—I guess here's my synopsis. I thought Swiatek played better in the first set. I thought Svitolina played better in the second set. And then the third set was all Elena Svitolina. And yet, you know, again, the wrong player, in my opinion, won those first two sets— and for Svitolina to lose the second set and bounce back the way she did mentally, to just continue to go down swinging, whether it's the serve down the tee on the ad side into that ego forehand, whether it was the down-the-line backhand with which she hit with no hesitation from start to finish in this match, your reaction, DK, to how it unfolded, your reaction to this result for Svitolina?
0: I think going back to our preview, first of all, you don't pick against Iga Chiantic and you don't pick the old Alina Svitolina. You just don't. And I think what we're finding is that, you know, Alina is in her reputation era. The old Alina cannot come to the phone right now because she is what? She is gone. Yeah. <laughs> she is long gone. And it was absolutely stunning to see the way that she was able to carry the determination, tenacity, relentless aggression into that third set that I think everyone expected Iga to walk away with. Once you're up 4-1 in a second set tiebreak, and you're Alina Svitolina, who has lost 101 of these matches in her career, basically all of them at a slam until she beat Iga earlier this week, you just don't see her any way out for her in this match. The fact that she stepped to the line, kept pressuring Iga in a way that we have seen Arena Sabalenka and Elena Rybaki to do not with the same amount of power but we saw the result of just relentless aggression and a relentless intent really pay off and kind of and obviously the surface played its part and I think it really did give Svantek fits on and off throughout the match when it came to her timing and all of which I mean the, I think all you needed to know is the backhand down the line that that Svitolina hit to get three match points I mean that is That is not the Alina Vidalina I've been watching for the last decade. That just isn't her. It's a brand new – it's a brand new – I mean, Chris Everett was in tears after the match. And I think just obviously the emotional release of everything that we know that Alina has gone through off the court. But just to see somebody reinvent themselves is practically unheard of and really quite inspiring. The fact that she was able to do it on the game's biggest stage against the best player in the world. We're going to have a lot of words, I'm sure, because I'm sure you're going to have a good rebuttal to this, and I'll probably have the last word, but there really are no words, to to be clear.
1: No, I, I, it's not even a rebuttal. I agree, and I again, this is where I- A rejoinder, to. then. Yes, <laughs> for those that don't know, how long did you work for the WTA? Oh, a good five years. So what, like- Fifteen to twenty, something. Yes, yeah, so I range. was
0: there for like the basically the whole stretch of like peaks, fiddling when she kind of came onto the scene. There's a picture of me from Canada when the years she won it and beat, I think, a bunch of seeds back to back and was coming into her own as as a potential. Uh, top player. And I remember having this conversation with Courtney Wynn at the WTA, sort of the comparison between uh, Svitolina and Caroline Wozniacki, and both being sort of defensive baseliners, where Wozniacki unlocks on the backhand and hits winners off that side, Alina unlocks on the forehand. And the forehand was really the revelation in the match against Igueta, just going for broke when she needed to, and just kept hitting it, just kept hitting that shot throughout the match.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned that stat of You know, superficially, you didn't quantify it. I'll do it for you. I promise. This is, again, teamwork here. Serve, set up, I'll poach it away. Results in big matches at the Slams. Coming into the year, uh, excuse me, Svitolina, 1-8 in in her career against top 10 opponents. For what it's worth, she's 2-1 this season against top 10 opponents at a Slams. And maybe you want to say a top 10 player in 2023 isn't the same as a top 10 player in 2018. And maybe that's a debate for a different time. But... You're absolutely right. It was the fearlessness with which she played. It was the fact that she was swinging so freely. And uh, look, we're going to do three minutes on where Iga goes from here. Because let's be abundantly clear. Iga's forehand was an absolute disaster today. And I'm sure she would be the first one to say, I got outplayed. And, you know, for Iga, 37 winners against 41 unforced errors. You know, she won nine total points on the second serve. Nine of 27 overall on the match. And just... It felt like she was constantly being stretched, constantly just having to reach to that forehand wing and be lucky just to pop that ball back. But again, that's the credit to Svitolina, who continued to push forward whenever the opportunity presented itself, who crushed Fiontek with the return of serve, who crushed Fiontek in those forehand-to-forehand exchanges where you're right, Svitolina was just on top of the ball, capturing it early. It felt like the range of the ball, you know, she could go, behind uh, Sviantek and go back to that forehand. She was plenty comfortable opening things up down the line. And then, again, when she got that opportunity, a short backhand, how many times did she take it early on the rise down the line, force Iga to come up with some sort of magnificent on-the-run forehand, which, again, is just really hard to do on this grass court surface. That's what I just keep coming back to, is I understand Iga had her struggles today. But Svitolina outplayed her. Like, the right player, in my opinion, won this match, DK, and I think that's the biggest thing for Svitolina, who, again, was 4-5 and in her first five matches of her comeback tour here this year. By the way, you know, two of those losses, excuse me, three of those losses happened at ITF events, not even tour-level events, but the moment we hit Strasbourg, title- quarterfinals, Roland Garros, semifinals, Wimbledon. It's crazy to say this out loud, but you look for her now. I think she's won something like 15 of her last 17 matches, or let's see, 5 plus 4. We'll do some quick math. 9 plus 5 um, is 14. 14 of her last 16. Good math, Alex.
0: And Strasbourg was like a wacky draw, as I remember. Yeah! She like a walkover, a retire. Like, it wasn't like a clean win, but it was something that seemed to really kickstart her momentum.
1: No, it's and it's just – it's an eye test thing as well. It's just – This is a silly thing to say, and this would, I suppose, be a case to go watch the match. To your point, tell me the aggression, the depth, the relentless pace of those ground strokes. That was top 10 tennis. That's what top 10 tennis looks like. That's what I saw from Svitolina, who, by the way, above all else, and I just haven't mentioned this tactical part yet, God, was she seeing the return of serve like a grapefruit. I mean, it was just sitting there, the depth on every return of serve— Again, how well she hit the T-serve on the ad side to pick on that Iga Swiatek forehand, and you brought up the match points. I was doing, an, uh, we were on Playback TV with Gil Gross. It was a great time during that match. Sorry we didn't invite you. Don't Another get thing, mad Another thing I wasn't me. invited to, that's I fine. I knew you were going to say about it. I, the All second right. I brought it up, I was like, mistake, Alex, but we're going to finish Hog, the set. Hog and second.
0: Gilbert, it's fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. We will, we, we will find a way, the two of us.
1: Jews <laughs> stick together. I've told you that from the start. Um, I could have told you the moment she stepped up to the line, that she was going to double fault at 40, love. Because it was literally like, you got know, six was, serves.
0: And that was like, kind of annoying, I got to oh, be honest. Because she was that like, winner, and I was ready for like the moment and when she double-faulted, yeah. it felt like all of a sudden all the tension came back. It was like, yeah. uh-oh, she's up 5-2, what's going to happen? I mean, this is Alina's going to lean into slam. I mean, it was like, it no, got really... What it was is that she served out wide on it. That she tried to go flat wide after
1: all match just... Peppering the Ega forehand. Yeah, she went for the, the ace in fairness. Yeah, parents. it was a heat yeah. check. Exactly. It was a heat Which
0: check. Which is the serve she beat Dika on, on match point. Which gets me full circle here.
1: To quote, uh, is it, um, I mean, I, I view it as a Nicki Minaj song. It might not be. But she's feeling herself right now. Like, when you go for that out wide serve, Oh, it's Beyonce. <laughs> but Nikki has a verse in it, doesn't she? Don't Oh,
0: maybe. I, yeah, Maybe I'm, half you. Do. We're, we're two halves of a whole idiot on this my, one.
1: Yeah, my generation, the debate was always Nikki, Beyonce, Rihanna. And we can have that debate a different time. Um, but, yeah, so, again, intertwined for me. Svitolina, it, it's just, like, to have the confidence to go for that serve, to play in the fashion that she did. She. I just. I, final word goes she to you because yeah.
0: it's miraculous. I have two points. First of all, Svitolina yeah. just did not play these matches before. It bears yeah. repeating. I mean, it's not like she would be this aggressive and then get nervous. She would play a little bit better than her baseline and then kind of retreat back into a defensive shell, wait for opponents to miss. And they would ultimately take advantage of that and come back and win these, win these sorts of matches. And so it's a really a testament to the work that not only that she has done on herself, but the work that she's done in partnership with Raymond Sloiter who, it must be said now, is probably one of those top tier WTA coaches. We've seen what he was able to do with Kiki Burtons. Now what he's been able to do with Alina Svitolina. Hopefully this partnership lasts a long time, but if it should ever end, I feel like if, if you're a top player looking for a new voice, you might be looking at Sloider because what he's been able to do with these two players really revolutionized both of their games is phenomenal. And it was an interesting contrast to what appeared to be cracks in the dynamic between Ika Svantec and her team. I don't think a lot or enough was really addressed about that after the match, but the first question in Svantec's press conference was about the bit of the Back and forth that Shpiontek was having with her psychologist, Daria Abravovitz, who appears to be taking the lead role for all intents and purposes on this team, despite having a Thomas Vitkorovsky, who was an accomplished coach in his own right, on her squad. It seemed to be something back and forth between Iga and Daria. Iga was seen writing up furiously notes in a notebook. Uh, I mean, there have been, you know, probably some whispers about the, the dynamic and what that situation is like. And is it an ideal situation? There were obviously clips of it on Breakpoint where, you know, Daria's at a haircut with Iga telling the, the the stylist how Iga should be getting her haircut. I mean, it's when one imagines a sports psychologist or any kind of psychologist, they don't typically come with you to your job and tell you how to do it. It's just sort of an interesting situation that the two of them have, have figured out. And obviously it has paid off a lot for Iga. She's won four slams and Iga's the first to credit her and was the first to say, listen, I wanted their advice. I wanted an outside view. They gave it to me and I turned things around and won the second set. So she comes away from this, maybe thinking that this is still fine, but you start to wonder what is going on a little bit. And that's just, that's the question that I have. And to have that sort of public back and forth and have it be uncomfortable to watch. It's the question we had for Rabakina with with Vukov, her coach as well. So we have to ask the question of Iga and Daria. What's going on? And if, as long as she thinks it's fine and is and is happy with her her dynamic, and I guess who are we to criticize it? But it was a interesting comparison because it didn't seem like that Sloiter and Svitolina were having the same problems, even when there were some dramatics, you know, and and twists and turns for Svitolina as well. So it was perhaps something to keep an eye on this summer, heading into the U.S. Open, but. No, Who knows?
1: I think it's very fair. I would also point to the fact that there's a lot of love on Twitter and, you know, there's nothing I hate more than when the Twitter universe makes a roundabout, uh, uh, makes the rounds and everyone's got to be. And to be clear,
0: this is not about Iga. This no. is not something about Iga at all. And, and this, this isn't is even a young woman to... and this is about her, her and her team. It's not exactly. about her as a person.
1: And this isn't even an Iga comment yet, but a lot of people are giving Alina, uh, Rainer Schutler a lot of credit for what he's done with Alina Svitolina, right? I'm not Raymond leader. Uh, oh, Raymond leader, Raymond yeah, Ra- Shuter Ra- 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 is a
0: totally other player. Did I say shootler I meant <laughs> that's what I'm sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. The, again, a lot of names. I would hope not
0: a lot of people are giving him credit for this one because I fair agree. enough. But <laughs> and I'm saying
1: I agree. Uh, you have to get yeah, Schutler, two two halves of an idiot as you said yeah. earlier. Where well, this is why we're a great duo. Um, you have to give Sterling a ton of credit and her entire coaching staff to be this good, this fast, just doesn't happen in comebacks from injury, from maternity leave, from anything. In life, but you're absolutely. You know, I guess this is where we'll end this part of the conversation because I do want to have the Ega talk. Um, you, you look for Ega now, forty-two and seven overall in 2023. She's going to leave Wimbledon as with the most wins on tour this year. No matter what happens the rest of the way. Now, if Sabalenka wins the title, Ega will fall to number two. Precipitous fall. Oh no, from one <laughs> to two. But she will drop to number two in the rankings. That said. According to the live WTA page, which I learned, not the official, but according to it, Iga has already booked her spot in the WTA Tour Finals as well, which I would point out, 22 years old. I think this will be three straight WTA Tour Finals for her. Correct. Uh, That's just...
0: Not if she somehow see. qualifies. We don't yeah, know yet. Officially yeah. Which, yeah, yes, <laughs> I'm sure,
1: but exactly. Even, with, um,
0: even without the live rankings, I think we could probably say we would expect to see her barring catastrophe, but go on.
1: So you mentioned the relationship, and you're right. It was uncomfortable, and I, I don't have more to add because I think you nailed it there. I do think, again, 30,000-foot view of your ego. You fought off match points to beat Benchich. You reached the quarters of this Wimbledon. You looked pretty comfortable on the surface in both Bad Hamburg and here in Wimbledon in the sense of, look, if you don't have an elite weapon, Svantec's beating you no matter what, as she does on every other surface. I think the glass half full perspective, and I think this is the one Team Ega takes, is like, look— we didn't play particularly well today. Like, you look for Iga, 37 winners, 41 unforced errors, but that forehand, especially in the third set, was just spraying everywhere. I think if you're Iga, you keep the head held high, right? You won, you won the French Open. You got, say, 10 more matches on the grass courts between Bad Homburg and Wimbledon. You had one ba- bad day at the office and got beaten by Svitolina, who's playing well enough in a top-10 level right now to beat you if you have an off day. I, I I think this was a two steps forward in the right direction, sort of grass court season for Iga, and I'm curious if you feel the same way here.
0: I do. Surprise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, listen. She stepped on her least favorite surface, proved that she could beat one of the better players in Benchich, came very close to winning this match against Fiddling. I mean, if she's mad about or anything, she's mad that she doesn't consolidate at five three. Maybe it was a little bit. I mean, when she swiped her racket on the ground when she didn't break yeah. at 5-3, I thought, oh, that's a little strange. And so no, it really
1: went on. Actually, Andreeva got a second point penalty for that ego swipe, but carry on.
0: They called her out to say, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, she made the quarterfinals of what would probably be her least successful slam, barring, you know, any any major um, tactical changes in her game and comes on to hard courts where she doesn't have a ton to defend, minus the U.S. Open didn't have a, a huge summer has an opportunity to build her ranking back up from number two to number one, if she if she in fact even loses that number one ranking, certainly by no means guaranteed with what uh, Sabalinka has in front of her to make her first Wimbledon final. And yeah, I think this is a totally positive, again, it is nigh impossible for Svantec to top what she did last year. And she has come pretty close in some stretches to matching it. And in others has beaten that, you know, expectations certainly she did that here and so she can look to get she can now has an opportunity between now and the end of the season to build in some areas so i think there are plenty of positives for her for the as her the player i think she proves she can translate her game to grass and beat most players on her least favorite surface which is always a plus and always a confidence builder i
1: agree and even if it's not least favorite certainly least comfortable uh for now in the grass courts for iga and so yeah look again The credit belongs to Svitolina, who advances to a second Wimbledon semifinal, who, with the result now, you look at the live rankings again from no ranking now. Svitolina all the way back up to number 27. She's just back in the mix. And to do it as quickly as she did, you you just don't see these sorts of returns to the tour uh, very frequently. But... Again, we're still on our quest for thirty minutes. Spoiler alert: We're gonna go over. We do have three more topics for you all before we wrap <laughs> today's show. No, these will be efficient topics. I promise. This is where we're going, PTI style. I'll put you the time. You don't on have thirty clock.
0: minutes on Sinner Sefulen. I, I I find that hard to believe. I do,
1: but I used about <laughs> eighteen of them with Gil earlier today, and so you know, again, he's I
0: used asked- up your minutes with Gil. All right, that's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Minutes I could have had, but don't worry about it, it's fine. <laughs> Alright,
1: you guys think I'm trying to make DK jealous, but there's a group chat who I'm not going to reveal all the people in it, but let's just say it's a lot of pro Gill at the expense of Alex takes, so let's just let the record show well, that.
0: I gotta get my time in somewhere, because I'm, I'm not allowed to get FaceTime, I feel like that uh, that contestant from Rock you know, League I I, like <laughs> I added
1: Gil to that group in the sense of like, oh, thank God, like, now I have an ally, like, I'm not going to get yelled at as frequently, but that is just not the case of uh, and that's a topic for another time. The topic for right now. I'll oh, be
0: the goodest boy. You leave him alone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> More impressive today. Sinner or Djokovic and why?
0: I would say Djokovic. I mean, it's a weird, that's a weird one. I think of the four men, my most impressive guy might've been Rublev, mm. but he didn't end up winning. So it's sort of like weird to give him the gold medal there. But I mean, sure. he played a pretty good first set. I... Hopped into the shower at 5-4 set point and I got out of the shower and the game was still going. And I thought, oh, this is encouraging that Rublev is, you know, really has rediscovered himself a little bit at this point in the match. He didn't end up winning that game and lost the fourth set pretty perfunctorily. But on again, on his least favorite surface, played a commendable match against Novak Djokovic after a very emotional win over um, Alexander Bublik. I feel like Rublev played the match I thought Svitolina was going to play. I thought that of that level of like push her, you know, push the higher ranked person, but not end up ultimately getting over the finish line. But for Djokovic, you know, he lost the set to Andre Rublev, a player on grass that you would expect him to sort of steamroll. And, you know, Yannick Sinner didn't have things all his own way against Roman Safulin either. So it's hard to say that either of them were like phenomenal. But I think what's more important for us is the fact that we get to see Djokovic versus we got the result that we wanted, even if maybe the way to get it wasn't as Fantastic as maybe what we saw on the women's side.
1: I agree with you. The answer is Djokovic because of the fact that he was broken once. He played one bad game, four five, first set. That was the only inkling of an opening Rublev had the entire match. And, you know, again, how does Djokovic respond to losing that first set? He breaks Rublev right away to start. Knocks set him to his feet. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> immediately it just like it wasn't even a a thought and you know again I know stats superficially sometimes you look at scorekeepers and you're like they are a little too generous with the lack of unforced errors but 42 winners against 23 unforced errors is what I saw Novak Djokovic to do today and again it's the ultimate skill I know great description Alex very uh very analytical He's just one shot better than everyone else. That's Novak Djokovic to a T. And as much as you heard the Pleh! from Rublev, it's just like, yeah, it's cute, but I'm going to absorb the first one. I'm going to find your backhand. I'm going to redirect down the line. Now you're hitting the forehand on the run, which Djokovic then is going back down the line. He's following it in. You just, you know the patterns you're going to get from Novak Djokovic, who continues to execute them flawly, uh, flawlessly. It's how well he paces himself. It's again statistically, I look at some of these numbers, and you know, I'm a nerd. 32 and 4 in 2023. He's won 89% of his matches this year. He's 51 and 6 over his last 52 weeks. And by the way, this 86.5% win percentage that he has here this uh, excuse me, this 89% win percentage, it's still not a top three season for Novak Djokovic in his career. And it's just like. You know, again, statistically, eighty-six point six percent. His hold percentage is above his career average so far this year. Break percentage thirty-two point seven. It's above his career average this year. The guy's thirty-six years old. DK. Like, at a certain point, I don't know, man. Like, it. Uh, you know my jokes. I like to say the next species we're currently Homo sapiens. Next up is the Homo Lebranis. I don't know if it's the Homo Lebranis. It might be the Homo jokovician because it's just. The longevity, the fluidity, he, like Sviantek, are capable of sliding on grass courts. And every time I watch them slide, Iga hit a sliding backhand today where I felt every ligament in my ankle tear because it's just like, yo, you shouldn't do that. Like, Not a smart decision long-term, and yet they're those sorts of athletes. They're that fluid. They're that physical. The biggest compliment I can say is for an Andre Rublev, who I thought played well, To your point, And Rublev, 35 and 14 this year. Again, he's just, he's a top 10 guy. That's who he's going to be for his career. Some people will try to spin that as a negative. It's not. You ask any pro right now, any aspiring pro player right now, hey, you can be Andre Rublev for your career. Every single one of them signs up and says yes. But Djokovic is just the guy to beat. That's my takeaway from this. Now, on the other side of this uh, top half of the draw, or bottom half of the draw, I will say this. I think Sinner can beat him. I know it's crazy to say, and for Yannick Sinner today, six four three six six two six two over Sevian, he had a brain fart up a, br- a set and a break up. What was it? Six four three two didn't win an- another 3-1, game. The, yeah, three one doesn't win another game. The rest of the set, then twos and two two and twos him the rest of the way. It's just I have never seen someone hit with such relentless pace from the baseline on this surface the way Yannick Sinner does. It's just, I, it's modern-day Pete Sampras. The way everyone used to talk about Sampras, just, again, the aggression, the serve and volley, how on top of you he was on this surface. That's Yannick Sinner. He is suffocating. And I just, like, as well as Seth played for that four-game stretch, the match was on Sinner's racket from start to finish, It's another semifinal for the 21-year-old, or maybe a first semifinal at the majors for the 21-year-old. But excuse me, another uh, another slam success for him, where he's holding seed and you know again doing his job at age 21. I mean, you look for Yannick Sinner here this season. It's maybe the quietest 37 and 10 we have in all of tennis, but he's 37 and freaking 10. He's winning 80 percent of his matches at 21 years old. DK. I don't know. Am I crazy? Like the level you see from him, what, what, give me the chance. What do you think his chances are against Novak?
0: Well, I mean, let's put it this way. He was two sets up on Djokovic last year. Is he a year better than he was last year? Mm, Maybe six months better. You know, (laughs) I feel like he's maybe had to make up for some lost time with some of the injuries that he's had this season. So maybe he's not a hundred percent better than he was year over year, but certainly improved enough to make a slam semifinal, which is always commendable. And you know, if you're Djokovic, yeah, this is the toughest road you could have conceivably gotten to the final with Rublev and now, you know, Yannick Sinner and now potentially, um, either an Alcaraz, a Holger Garuna, you know, it's good. There'll be a tough person waiting for him potentially in the final. So Novak's doing all that he could do, you know, to continue to, it's just up to the field now to meet the challenge. And I think, um, I think Sinner plays a better version of Rublev's game. And if Sinner was, if Rublev was able to push Djokovic in patches, let's see where he is two days later in terms of setup, you know, mm-hmm. mental state, physical state, you know, some tough, t- some tough matches along the way. Now four sets here against Rublev. Is this an opening for Sinner? He's got it. This is a big opportunity for him to really announce himself on the, the main stage of the sport, I mean, it was it was sort of ironic or interesting the fact that they told Sinner he was the youngest semifinalist, and he was like, "Well, I mean, Carlos <laughs> 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 is probably going to make the semifinal tomorrow, or even Runa, yeah. I think, are both younger than Sinner." So, I mean, it's he is in many ways in danger of being passed by these younger, similarly, if not more talented guys. And but Sinner certainly has a lot of weaponry in his proverbial arsenal. So, I think there's certainly no reason why he can't be among the best. I think he's maybe a year stronger. Yeah, I think physically he looks a bit stronger than he than he was last year, so that that'll potentially put him in good stead. But he's got to do it, and no one has done it against Djokovic when it matters. So that's why it's hard to pick anyone against him at this point.
1: I would completely agree with that. I will also say Yannick Sinner, and it goes back to Vienna, 2021. We'll talk about this in the past on this show. He just plays with a little edge now. He has a little bit more energy than he used to in terms of just again getting the crowd on his side displaying that passion displaying that fire to try to suffocate you not just with the ground strokes but with that energy as well and he pulls what here at crack rackets we call the pat maloney shout out to the former or recent michigan graduate and the the parallel fist pump where it's not like it's not that you know again it's a little bit different how he puts the wrist up and he gives it to the box and i've adopted that as well shout out pat maloney who did it first real ones know um There's just a belief level. It really is. And it's, again, how relentless it is from start to finish. He's going down swinging. He's going down on his terms. He served particularly well, I thought, throughout the course of this tournament. And, you know, again, today he won 43 of 48 points on the first serve. Now, he only made 55% of his first serves. That number has to be higher against Novak Djokovic. But he was only broken twice. And it was in that disastrous five-game stretch in the second set other than he played a bad 20 minutes the rest of the two hours out there he looked elite and you're right you know to pick against Novak Djokovic is a fool's errand at this point and yet Sinner was up two sets to love on him last year I do agree with you I think he's six months more physically developed I do think again the weaponry is there to at least win some free points play on his terms now I'm not picking. Uh, I'm not picking Yannick. Of course, you stick with the Djokovic pick, but yeah, man. I mean, again, I I, th- I do think we got the two best players in the bottom half advancing. Should pick Sinner
0: though. This is your guy. This I is know. his moment. You I, should pick I, I've him. been in the. I, again. The... I give you permission to pick him. All right. And I, I give myself permission though, to mock you when. I, you I, exactly. At... <laughs> I just can't lie to our
1: listeners, and it's just like with all due respect, it was how easy. Djokovic made the next sets two, three, and four against Rublev. Look, how he just took away the forehand and said, you're not doing this anymore. Find something else. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's going to be a really fun semifinal. By the way, so is Svitolina Vondrosova, and that's where we can go next to wrap this show here. Vondrosova, who we both picked, three-set winner. He made a, David, you listeners can't hear, but see it. But he pointed to his wrist as if check the. Walk. We got to add
0: a visual component to this podcast. Yeah. I think there's a clip of us talking about Murray and Djokovic yesterday that I feel yeah. like would have been a really cool video to promote us. But I'm just saying, I'm not trying to do your job here.
1: Uh, look, two <laughs> words Text West off. I feel oh, like yeah. I've never had to ask you that in the past. I never, Don't treat me never with be- a good time. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Von Throsova thoughts. I mean, 4 1 down in that third set. Right, four one or four two? No, four two down. So four one, happened- but her serving single break. But
0: also, so. what happened was is that there was okay. she broke. Pagula broke for three one. They closed the roof. Yeah. Pagula held for four one, yes. and then lost the next four five games in a row. Yes. <laughs> Just to I mean,
1: I don't even know where to go with the lefty. Von- I feel like I've said my entire Vondrosova piece. So I'll just recap the stats quickly. 37 and 12 <laughs> over the last 52 weeks here in 2023. She's 29 and 10. You want to go beyond that. Her record against top 10 opponents, uh, top 20 opponents during this stretch, excuse me, nine and six overall over the last 52 weeks, eight and six here this year, you know, again, Wins over now Pagula, Kudermatova in this singular event. A couple wins over Jabur for her this season as well. A win over Sakari. I saw your tweet. I really liked it. Two supremely talented often often injured Czechs in Vondrosova. Last obviously tournament, it was Mukova for me, it's just, it's the totality. You want flat serve wide on the, on the deuce? She can do that. You want flat wide on the ad or slice wide on the ad, She can do that. You want the T serve? She can do that. You want the drop shot lob combination? She can do that. You want the drop shot volley combination? She can do that. She can absorb, redirect your pace, line, cross. Look, Pagula had her chance. 4-1 in the third. It is what it is. I just thought Vondrosova, like it was death by a thousand paper cuts. And you could just tell Tracking down drop shot after drop shot. I have never seen a player in a major quarterfinal clap her racket in applause saying, Damn, that was too good. More than Pagula did to Von Druseva today, who it just felt like, as opposed to getting mad about the drop shots, she was just, that was the tactic. you know what? Too good. It beat me in this instance.
0: Yeah, but isn't that like the problem? I mean, I think oh, that sure. we could talk about Von Druseva, who I think you, you, you you beat me on the mook of a take, which is that, you know, she's a healthy check who's confident yeah. and informed. anything is possible. And and it's you're telling me I of, beat
1: you to your take?
0: You beat me to my own tweet. <laughs> yeah. I was going to reference my own tweet, but it's fine. I'm glad to give you some, some, some <laughs> a, a reference that is not tennis abstract. I'm really, I'm really proud of myself <laughs> that one. But I think if we're contrasting the fact that we learned how much higher Svitolina's floor is, I think we might be learning that Pagula's ceiling is perhaps lower than we hoped because now this is, I mean, granted, this is probably her first Grand Slam quarterfinal where she has been the the big favorite to win. She's had a lot of tough draws in these Grand Slam quarterfinals. But, you know, you're up 4-1 in the third. You're the number four seed. You really should have figured out a way to win that one, Jessie Pagula. And I think she's in a tricky situation where she is someone who never thought she would be in this position. She was chronically injured with major surgeries, major injuries, I'm sure if you told her in 2018, even, that you were going to be, you know, a Wimbledon quarterfinalist, but you're going to lose from 4-1 up to Marketa von Jerusalem, she'd first be like, who? And then she'd be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, but, and so I think perhaps that is the conundrum that Pagula sort of finds herself, it finds herself in where she is grateful to be where she is and doesn't perhaps know how to push past the gratitude, like where she should be frustrated in that moment where she's getting flummoxed by Vandrusova. She's like, oh, good job. Where maybe that's not the right emotional response. But when you have been through all that Pagula has been through, not only with her injuries, I should even mention you know, the heart-wrenching struggle she's had with her own family, with her mother and everything like that. I mean, I think you're just in a position where maybe your default is gratitude. And that's not a bad place to be mentally, you know, spiritually to just be in a place of I'm grateful to be here. I'm, I'm glad to be doing what I love at a very high level. And if it doesn't pay off a thousand percent of what I wanted or, or ever dreamed, you know, I got a hell of a lot further than I ever thought. And what's wrong with that? And so I think that's perhaps maybe the. The the, the the finger torture that perhaps she finds herself in where it's like she doesn't know how to like loosen up in these moments because she doesn't know how to find that killer instinct because maybe she's still just very happy to be where she is and so I think that's that's tricky for her because she's got a very solid all-around game you would think that in an era that is very chaotic and crazy that that would lend itself to a bit more even better results from Pagula, and she seems to have stalled out at these slams, unfortunately. So, but she's still got plenty of opportunities. She's good on all surfaces, pretty much now. So we will see. But um, yeah, I think it was a, that's a tough one for her, this sort of golden opportunity. But obviously, phenomenal work from Von Trusova on a surface that she doesn't particularly care for either. To be in her her second Grand Slam, she's already in two Grand Slam semifinals plus a final. Pagula's yet to make a semi. I think that kind of says everything you need to know about sort of yeah. the, the contrast between these two
1: i've been being the von of a drum for months and i am hopeful <laughs> Is, that. That, is she
0: not on your team? Is she not on your I think she draft? is.
1: No, I, I, there's no way she's not, right? Like, we never
0: we never did a, a swap, by the way, because I would love to get Svidalina on my team. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fair. I was
0: going to have to gaslight you about that one. I'm like, no, I picked her before Wimbledon. Go back. It works for the me. 48-minute 40, mark. Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's stop. Let's stop Give me the timestamp. Don't worry it,
1: about it. 116-52 and 52 overall is Pagoula since the start of 2021. It's a 70% win percentage, 69% technically. Against opponents ranked outside the top 50, 54 and 12. She ain't losing to someone who's worse than her. Against opponents ranked outside the top 20, 94 and 21. Again, 82% win percentage. She ain't losing to people who are worse than her. 22 and 31 against the top 20, 12 and 21 against the top 10. I mean I saw a lot of people say it given the quarterfinal records. I think it's what 0-6, and 7 now in quarterfinals at slams. Or 0-6, what? yeah. Yeah, and it's Rublev-esque. She's made it at all
0: of them now. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
1: Rublev-esque. I don't hate that comparison like in terms of who they are in the ecosystem of their respective tours at the same
0: time. That's so weird because Bagula is so chill and Rublev I know. is so <laughs> not chill. Well, <laughs> I think get off the court the same actually
1: – like they both are loved off the court. Both yes, in the great hangs, that's true. like great hands for what yes, it's yes, worth. For sure. Pagula's fourth in the points race. She's fourth in the rankings. Like, she's not going anywhere. She is firmly David Kaneward ensconced in that position. And look, you don't celebrate a tight loss. Jessica Pagula would be the first to say, Yeah, I should have won that match. Again, three total Grand Slam wins prior to the start of 2023 uh, – 2021. You have to contextualize what she has done over the course of these past two and a half years. And again, it's making up for sample size in short time. It's like, all right. Also, I, you, you, yeah, go ahead. A,
0: a, I was going to just add a funny Pagula tidbit. Who was her breakthrough Slam win in 2021? It was against Therese- Alina oh. Svitolina. Oh, there <laughs> Svitolina, who would lose yeah. those matches. And so maybe again, if, if New Svitolina was around in 2021, Jessica Pagula might not have happened. We don't yeah, know.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and so again, it's just like we know the book for fun through uh, for Pagula. She's really good at everything. I don't know. If she's elite at any one thing. She's no. uh, maybe her best skill is not having a weakness. That's probably no. her most elite yeah. trait is that she's not going to give you anything for free. And so, which goes far on this yeah, score right 100%. now. A hundred percent. Fourth. Fourth DK. <laughs> for fourth yeah. For like. Two and a half years. Like, come on now. Um, So I agree with you completely. With that said, again, Svitolina versus Vondrusova, Djokovic versus Sinner, first half of the semifinals complete. Any thoughts on Wednesday's matches? Any final thoughts before we wrap today's show?
0: I just have one final thought about the Svitolina Vondrusova semifinal, which our fearless leader Ed McGrogan brought up in our group Slack earlier. Is that not the best unseeded but should be seeded semifinal? like two players who are punching so far above their rank. Cause like we were trying to think of like, like when Justine and Kim came back in 2010, like Kim was already top 20. So like, like, but but with their respective rankings, they are both clearly at least top 20 players and neither of them have a seating to show for it. And so I think we got to put that in perspective and etch that in stone now for when we're, Three years from now, and we go, that was a weird semifinal between Spinalino and Bunches, so we have to say, no, no, I was there, man. It yeah. was something to watch, man. Well,
1: don't worry. We'll be there. And, you know, again, one was within we'll, we'll, we'll
0: still be recording this podcast. So don't God willing. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, We'll hit
1: the 30-minute no, mark. This so, episode. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That'll be when we officially cut things off. And so, no, I agree. And, again, there's been a lot of good, great pieces, Tennis.com. I know you guys are on the beat, whether it's Alcaraz, whether it's Sinner, whether it's Spinellino, whether it's whomever. You guys are covering all the action. Any things to plug before we wrap the show?
0: I oh, would just visit all our visit our website, yeah. visit all our articles, read all our articles. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of a lot of cutesy stuff. We were, we're I, as I think I said, we were on the the Chris Eubanks train. There was another mm-hmm. c- another cute article on Eubanks that came out. We, we we delved into Marquette as many tattoos <laughs> after she beat uh, Jesse Pegula. Will, will she get a, a tattoo to commemorate her Wimbledon win? Potential Wimbledon win? You don't know, but she's already got one that says "No rain, no flowers," and that was sort of emblematic of sort of a little bit of a grass court analog you could draw right there but yeah some some quirky stuff over baseline and some interesting stuff over, ten- over tennis.com i'll be back on the sabalenka beat tomorrow when she takes on madison keys <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see how that one turns out
1: <laughs> yeah by the way i'm in on the tattoos i love them all in on the von of a tattoo game it's just Kinda all at
0: once kind of everything yeah, oh. everywhere all at once with the tattoo. like i you go back on her instagram her arms are totally clean and then like the her most recent her most recent eight photos well. all how i'm saying she, is she marks in Cabet pretty fast
1: where's yeah where's the invite i for von Drossova, i'd be like let's get matching tattoos i'm in it's the least i can do after steering your bandwagon for the past nine months and so you know again that's the rule at our team we uh we have to get matching tattoos by the end of the season
0: all that submit sa- your designs at crack yeah.
1: brackets on twitter <laughs>
0: <laughs> all that
1: said at dk alex creston
0: we'll k- yeah. pick your favorite and, <laughs> so and like get the, it live on air, air.
1: The problem is, my mom follows all the social media accounts and she'll get to this part. She's like, You're going to consider getting a tattoo? Really, Alex? And it's like, No, not really. Relax. But like.
0: From what know. I learned on the nanny, you can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have a tattoo, which <sighs> is why Fran Drescher's character had to get hers removed. But well, that may or may not be an old wives' tale. I'm not no, sure. No, it's. Look
1: at you <laughs> again. You can take the boy out of Long Island. You can't take the Long Island out of the boy. Uh, with all, I don't know. A lot, I feel like there's got to be a few Jewish people on Long Island, to say the least. Oh,
0: yeah. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> one or two. Everyone exactly. thought I was. Yeah. we're, we're uh, Culturally, like, what is it? Culturally? I would say ethnic, ethnically Italian-Irish, culturally Jewish. Uh,
1: look, I've said it. A lot of David's in our community, not a ton of Canes, but it is always a pleasure to have you on this show. And again, a shout out to you, a shout out to our super producer, Daniel Westhoff. What sort of job? Oh, he does a f- editing job day in, day out. Best in the business. We appreciate his work, and again, we appreciate all of you who tune in. We will have podcasts for you every day down the home stretch of this event. I imagine we'll have DK back on the show once or twice more as well. With all of that said, for the fantastic David Kane, our super producer Daniel Wanstoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host Alex Gruskin. DK, what do we tell our listeners?
0: And that's the break.
1: And we will see you all tomorrow. Thank you as always DK.
0: Dos vidania.